Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Do you know this? Trains derail all the time. Oh, relax, yeah. would you? You talked about Detroit outside of Detroit yesterday. Scott, relax. Yeah. It happens all the time. It does. Gosh, yeah. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is finally addressing the disaster in East Palestine, Ohio, where that train carrying toxic chemicals derailed two weeks ago, and they well partially blew it up, and there's this big plume of toxic air Mm-hmm. Did you see, by the way, the governor of Ohio sent a notice to West Virginia? Hey, that toxic cloud is heading to your state. So just yes. be on the lookout for that. Okay, take appropriate precautions. But everyone in East Palestine's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is going on? For the particles that are coming out of the sky, never mind that. Okay? It's going to be okay. You're fine. It's okay. That toxic gas has moved over West Virginia now, so there you unreal. go. It's, it is unreal, man. Anyway, uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, did this interview with Yahoo Finance, and uh, he said, well, the answer is just more money for rail safety. Uh, the audio from them is a little glitchy, uh, so you're not nothing's, nothing's happening in your okay. board, Jamie, I just want to let you know that they had a connection issue with Yahoo Finance and Pete okay. Buttigieg, but you get the point of what he's saying here. All right. Uh, look, rail safety is something that, uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha- has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year oh. of a train derailing. Uh, obviously, they, they have levels of severity, but where all of that points us to is a need to continue to raise the bar. Got it. So this happens a thousand times a year. Yeah. Every freaking thing in this administration is they're working on it. Is there ever a completed project anywhere? <laughs> well, they're I, working on everything. Well, We're working on it, diligently working on it. We're laser focused on it. We're working on it. And I can't. What does this help, guy even do? I don't even know what he does. I can't help but think. Okay, so you got a thousand of those a year. Yeah. And you got time to do an interview with Yahoo Finance, right? <laughs> Get to it, man. <laughs> I, I think he's got work to do. I mean, the other, yes. the other thing that comes to mind here is it's not the issue isn't so much train derailment. I mean, yes, obviously, that's what started this. Right. But it's also how the cleanup was handled, how the reaction yes. was handled. That's why nobody nobody in East Palestine right now is mad because a train derailed. They mad, they're mad because it looks like their town just got poisoned and no one seems interested in really addressing it and you know the transportation secretary was in hiding until what 10 days after the event seven days seven days after from february 3rd to the 10th but he's just talking about it now no he's just now coming around and and discussing it because he was spending a lot of time worried about the race of construction workers yes that was his that was his focus so yeah yeah i'll in a couple of weeks fish are dying animals are hacking Everything's a mess, and this knucklehead is talking about that. Okay. I think we could all relate to, at some point in time, having a boss that, at times, you may have thought, well, this person can be a little over the edge, and the demands are pretty high. 
you know, and if you're on a certain project and it's not going well and they show up to talk about it, you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. We don't have that in the government. No, we don't. And we need it. It should be that the transportation secretary shows up and people that are under him should be like, oh, crap, we got to have it together because this person is going to demand excellence and they're going to demand answers. And what are we doing about it? And the first person that says, uh, well, we hadn't ordered anything to clean it up yet. We thought we'd just burn it off. Uh, figure that'd be all right. What you thought? What? Yeah. Can you give me any research on why that's a good option at this point in time? It would be that sort of vibe, but you don't get that from this guy or anybody in in this entire administration. Hey, think about <laughs> Director of Homeland Security, right. Mayorkas. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, the border is secure. No, it's not. Who is the person to come and say what? What the is wrong with you? It's not secure. Stop lying. You've talked about this before, but it's you're right. When you mention him, Janet Yellen, Pete Buttigieg. We didn't quite understand at the time yeah. the issue that we had with the supply chain. Right, which was another. What's thing. wrong with you? Fired, yeah. <laughs> Buttigieg. That's your job to know right. it. You got. You got. <laughs> <laughs> Airplanes running amok, crashing into each other and near misses everywhere. You've got this. You've got this knucklehead. Again, everything's a disaster. Everything in that department. Nobody loses their job here either. No one does. No one. Lloyd Austin got his job. Okay, I know. I know. Ned All Price right. working steady. We. You know what? I'm looking at David right now, and I can read it, dude. It's the millennial looking at the Gen Xer and the Boomer going. I'm just going to let these old guys go off for a while. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But that again, is frustrating. I, I feel like you're not appreciating the the real story here. What's it that? is the single most diverse and inclusive cluster <laughs> that the government has ever known. Okay, that is true. So that's progress. All right. Yeah. 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 And what what is his whole line there? Uh, need more budget. We need more funding. It's always more money. Okay. Yeah. Back to my scenario, and we'll move on. Think about that boss you had that demanded a a job well done, and sometimes was a little over the top, and you happen to say, you know, what we really need here is just more funding. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Good luck with that answer. Yeah. Uh huh. It's not going to happen. Holy smokes! Okay, we'll start with eliminating your salary. You got till noon to get your stuff and get out. Anyways. but these guys just—I mean, nobody loses their job. You're right; nobody does. No, um, and of course, with legacy media, we're not going to get the straight story on a whole lot. No. You're just not because they're running cover, and the way they choose to pick stories and we can play this game real quick so i happen to see this david you have the story um if you just change race around how big of a story would this be where you had these white kids oh my beaten up and forced yeah. to take the black lives matter pledge yeah so this is uh in springfield ohio police are investigating this racially motivated attack at an elementary school group of black students allegedly rounded up white kids, forced them to take some sort of Black Lives Matter pledge. I guess I've heard it described as they were just supposed to say Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. um, and if they didn't, they got beat up and yes. chased down. Yep. Uh, so this happened at Kenwood Elementary a week ago. Uh, and again, if the white kids didn't say Black Lives Matter, they got beaten up. Uh, Crystal and Daniel Har's kid was one of the victims. 
Uh, they did an interview with WKEF television uh, talking about or reacting to what has happened to their kid. He was thrown to yeah, the ground. He was actually one of the ones thrown to the ground. And I don't understand how it got as far as it did because the teacher should have been paying closer attention. He's not excited to go to school at all. He, yeah, he's terrified. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about how many national breaking news stories we've seen dealing with race that turn out to be hoaxes. Remember there was, that, uh, yes. there was a Muslim woman in New York a few years ago who claimed that some white MAGA bros or something grabbed her hijab off while she was on the train. Well, it turned out she had blown past curfew and was trying to come up with an excuse to appease her parents. There was yes. another college. I mean, how many times? NASCAR. There was every other month, man. Yeah. You there was another one of these. Here's something where police are investigating it. There, apparently, there's surveillance footage yes. uh, available, but that's not been released as of yet. Um, and yet, it's kind of silence here. Why is that? We already know. But it deserves to be answered. No one's answering it. And, you know, another version of the story that I read said the students that kind of knew what was going on and tried to avoid the situation yeah. were chased down and escorted, dragged, or carried yeah. to the playground. You will do this. And everybody's saying, where was the administration? Who was protecting the kids? It's, it's absolutely maddening. And the thing is, most of us in this country would be very upset by this, no matter what race any of the players are. But as we know, the racists on the left only care when it goes one way. Oh, yeah. And they turn a blind eye to stuff like this. Well, well, this is a group of kids in the same town at the same school who rounded up black kids and said and forced them to say, make America great again. That would be a national oh. conversation, right? Oh, now. buddy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, buddy. Uh, boy, an update on uh, Don Lemon, who said... Uh, well, some sexist things yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, Don Lemon wasn't with us this morning on the yeah, show. No, no. Yeah, so he was talking about Nikki Haley running for president yesterday and said she wasn't in her prime because she's 51. He's 56, but that doesn't matter to him because he's a man, right? Uh, women, you know, it's, it's, the old, it's the old family guy joke from all those years ago where Peter Griffin says, hey, hey, men are not fat. Only fat women are fat. <laughs> that's that's Don Lemon in a nutshell. Yeah. Sexist yes, well pig. Said. Well, uh, three years ago, or I'm sorry, the three people who watched the CNN morning show, they were surprised to see someone new at the anchor desk this morning. Hmm. Good morning, everyone. Audie Kordesh is here at the desk with us this morning. Don has the day off. Poppy, as you can see, is in Utah for the NBA All-Star Games. Wow. Hmm. Some people are wondering if Don is going to get let go. Yeah. No way. I mean, this, no is, this is a good off-ramp, honestly. If, if they want to dump him, this is the time to do it. I mean, dude, just to listen to that again, what he said about Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking about? That's not according to me. Prime for, for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if, you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. Okay. Gosh dang. Wow. Obviously, they're talking about Nikki Haley in the context of running for president and her criticism of people over 75. There should be a cognitive test. 
where most Americans agree. That is so knuckleheaded, that take. Not only sexist, but, I mean, it's just yeah, it's a dumb. bad, terrible take. And remember, he is the guy that reminded the new boss when he was coming in, I am a gay black man. And a lot of people took that for Don actually saying, you can't fire me. Right. You have you have good cause to fire that dude now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been one thing after another, and the numbers are terrible. Oh, they're, yeah. Oh, speaking of sexist, did you see the outrage? Tiger Woods! Sexist! Oh, the tampon thing? So he's playing in the uh, Genesis Tournament, California, and his playing partner is Justin Thomas. They're good buddies. They would speak of each other saying, it's like the big brother or the little brother I never had. Tiger's had his struggles, right? And Justin Thomas is much younger. Tiger outdrives Justin Thomas. And afterwards, slips him a tampon. Yeah. This is something dudes do. Okay. Well, some dudes do. Yes. You've never outdriven anybody, so you wouldn't know. But <laughs> well, some people that can't outdrive others would do something like this. Yes. That's true. I haven't. Well, You're right. I don't know why it's that's supposed to be problematic. I mean, you've got states and school districts all over the country putting tampons in boys' bathrooms. Well, you know what? That's so true you put it like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. There was a whole piece in USA Today. About sexist Tiger Woods. Well, we should get to that. That's pretty funny. Because people have been on, I mean, there were like female golfers out on Twitter going, if someone tries to, to cancel Tiger for this, punch yourself in the face. <laughs> Do everyone a favor. We'll get to that. And wow, someone was a Nostradamus here yesterday. We'll have the update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Wow. Something's happened to Van Camp. I wouldn't have seen this a couple of months ago. What's that? David is feeling sorry for John Fetterman. But he, I don't think you're yeah. alone, David. No, he actually convinced me yesterday. Yeah. No, I, I, I do feel bad for him because no one loved him enough to tell him to stay home and try to recover from that stroke that almost killed him last year. Yeah. And... Now he is in the hospital and apparently is going to be there for several weeks uh, because of clinical depression, and which, again, is not uncommon with uh, anybody dealing with a life-altering or life-threatening illness like he is. And then you add on top of that the pressures of a political campaign, uh, much less than actually serving in the United States Senate. Um, I really do. I, I hope that or I'm glad he's getting the help he's He's needed all along. So and when you're I, talking clinical depression and people here, the hospital for weeks, what exactly yeah. does that mean? I mean, I'll it just say... pretty far along the line of depression. Yeah, and I, I there's a family member of mine who a few years ago, um, and I, I'm not saying that I know this is the case with John Fetterman, but who right. had to be hospitalized, and this was after a suicide attempt. Oh, man. And was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. That was a few years ago. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that somebody was able to get him the help that he needed obviously um and so i i don't know i mean it just kind of seems to me as i was looking this up and reading as much as i could about it 
generally there is a, a significant risk of self-harm or some sort of harm to somebody else or themselves. Um, and so I am glad that he's in the hospital, but somebody needs to get him out of the Senate. And it's not about Republican or Democrat, nothing. Because, look, whoever were, would replace him would be a Democrat. Doesn't matter. It's not right. going to be a Republican. It would be a Democrat who was appointed by the governor of Pennsylvania. This dude has, what, three kids still in K through 12? He, I, I want his, I want his kids to have a dad that is as uh, recovered as possible from what he's been going through. Well, going back to what you said, I mean, people around him pushed him out there. Yeah, they're hor- Oh my, my level of contempt for the people in his life who pushed him to keep doing this is, uh, it can't be measured. These are horrible people. What they've done to this guy is reprehensible. Totally agree. And now Rolling Stone yeah. is saying, well, hey, just so you know, he's not the only politician that's had to go to the hospital. Oh, yeah. It's, un- it's unbelievable. Yeah, they say past senators to be hospitalized for treatment include lawmakers like uh, John McCain and Ted Kennedy. They were hospitalized for cancer treatment. Okay, that's not the same thing as a debilitating stroke and then clinical depression. Right. Uh, and another <laughs> prominent official who sought medical care while in office was former President Donald Trump. Who went to the hospital because he had COVID? He was in the hospital for what, like two days? Right. <laughs> That's not the same. What point are they trying to get at by I, the piece? I, they're yeah. trying I'm, to say this is normal. Okay. Wow. <laughs> think about. Think about. That's what, really a stretch, man. What the left has done? They are willing to sacrifice this guy's physical and mental well-being because they want to make sure that they can make abortion legal for nine months. That's what this is all about. Wow. Horrible human beings. Graduates of the Dr. Jill Biden School of Exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, sad news, too. You may have seen this. It was announced by Bruce Willis's family that he has been diagnosed with dementia. Oh, jeez. There's a lot of ways to make him. It's much more advanced now than it was. Comfortable and have as good a life as he can possibly have going forward. But it it sounds like his family truly cares about him, which is nice. Okay. Got to get an update on the COVID vaccine you're going to want to hear straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. You know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, the risk between people the age of 25 to 44. There was a 30% increase in heart attack deaths over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. CBS had the story about this, mm-hmm. and I was surprised that they were even covering it. We started talking about it. And David, you went a step further. Because a lot of people didn't go beyond the paywall yeah. of the story to talk, you know, what they were talking about. Okay, the reason I bring this up right now, 
It's because you know in the past, and David, you've been really good at this, talking about either comedians or comedic shows that were almost prophetic. Yeah. Because they would predict things in the future. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this may have just happened. And we found out a day later. And here's how. Because I went back to yesterday. I'm like, did I make a joke about this? Because you were explaining what this meant. Here's a clip from yesterday. Full article. Just to read what they're actually, what they actually looked at. And for three quarters of the time span that they looked at, the vaccine was not available. Which is very important. Mm -hmm. And so you went on, I think, talking about what CBS was saying in the study. And COVID also increases the risk of heart disease, of heart inflammation. But not as much as the vaccine with the spike proteins. Not according to this particular study. The other studies that have been out, that's exactly what it has said. But again, the three quarters of this increase, the vaccine was not available for that, that age group. So it doesn't. Yeah, that's why it's thirty percent over that time span. Yeah, and in that quarter percent of the time it was up eighty <laughs> percent. Would be my guess. Yeah, no, you're probably right. <laughs> Joking, saying, "Well, by the time the vaccine started, it's probably up eighty percent, right?" So I see this story at Daily Wire, and I see that they talk to uh, Dr. Marty McCary, Johns Hopkins, and there's an interview attached, and I'm listening to the interview, and. He's talking about, you know, the time frame and he he's going down as far as, okay this period that we're talking about with the study. And he talks about the study out of Florida. And as I heard this, I couldn't freaking believe it. The state of Florida did their own study looking at heart attacks after the vaccine in particular and found that there was an 81 percent increase (laughs) in sudden death from heart attacks in the months following the vaccine compared to baseline rates. I was off a percent. Well, what are you seeing today? You get lottery numbers flash in front of you? <laughs> That's not a gift. Wow. Good one, though. That was a blind squirrel finding an acorn every now and again. <laughs> well, you were right. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. You know, he was setting up going, well, yeah, but that that's misleading, too. And honestly, as we were talking about that yesterday, I was thinking about how many times, whether it was with the vaccine or masks or anything else, that they would always take these numbers and somehow make them look in their favor when it wasn't yeah. actually true. And they still do it. Right. And so uh, McCary goes on to talk about another myth. Um, that we've been told when you actually look at the data. Now, one myth that's been propagated by the medical establishment has been that myocarditis is more common after COVID infection than it is after the vaccine for COVID. We now know that the data does not support that. Now we know that it's far more common, up to 28 times more common in a young male to get myocarditis after the vaccine than after COVID itself. Had you ever heard that before? I know, Twenty-eight I was, times. I was trying to find where he got that, yeah. but I, I stumbled upon some an interesting theory about heart inflammation, and as it relates to the vaccine, okay. which is kind of interesting. And it gets to what we've talked about. I mean, the the, the doctors' offices of Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. Um, but it, it was kind of interesting. Is that there's one theory that because yes, COVID does increase your risk of cardiovascular uh, issues. Mm-hmm. For the demographic that is most at risk for something like myocarditis, which is younger men, mm-hmm. 
if they've already had COVID, how much then does getting the vaccine increase that risk? Are you taking on an added risk? And could that explain what we're seeing here? In other words, it's not necessarily just the vaccine alone, but if you had a prior infection, which a lot of people did, and a lot of people never even really knew they had it. You, how would you know? And, uh, and then if you take this vaccine, which also does increase the risk, is that to... Uh, is that to blame? Basically, you've already gotten a weakened heart, and then you just add something on top of it, which, again, gets back to something that we've talked about before. If the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID, then what's the point of a young person who is actually healthy? Be real with yourself about whether or not you're healthy, but um, what actually is the, the, the benefit there? There's none. Right. I mean, there's none. And that's what he said. I think the the way he wrapped it up, talking about there's there's really no benefit. And when somebody is young and healthy, they have the lowest benefit from a vaccine because they are the lowest risk of any COVID complications. We still don't know if any young, healthy person has ever died of COVID in the United States. The CDC won't tell us. And they've never broken the data down by young people who are healthy versus had a comorbidity like leukemia or an immunosuppression condition. That is shocking. Shocking. I know. I think a lot of people. We don't be... know no. whether anyone <laughs> that was healthy, young, died yeah. of COVID. Correct. We have no idea. Well, and a lot no. of it, too, is because the reporting that we saw on this, and God. we talked about it a lot in 2020. When they said, oh, this person was 29 and died of COVID, otherwise healthy. You see the picture, and I'm not trying to No, I know exactly anybody, where you're going. I but know. you see a picture of somebody, and, and, and they're massively overweight. And especially for younger people, your waistline tends to be uh, a, the best indicator as to how you're going to fare COVID. And so if somebody's morbidly obese, that's not otherwise healthy. Just because you don't have cancer doesn't mean you're healthy. Right. Again, man, it's you you don't know who to trust with this stuff. And over time, there are people that have a better track record than others. And that's who I usually try to listen to, to uh, what they say. But honestly, and I know we got ripped all over the place for different things, talking about COVID vaccines, and everything else. <laughs> but I mean this, if you took just what we said against the CDC, they're smoked. They're wrong. Yeah, they were selling a bunch of lies. There's no disputing that. It's that's really disappointing, crazy. I also want to apologize that I was off a percent, eighty to eighty-one. Damn, dude, that was. I dude, come on, please. Closest without just, going over. Just, you won, that was a joke win. off the fly. Yeah, but they lie all the time. Oh, yes. All right, we're always looking at stories. This may not be the biggest one that you saw, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? All right, so this week, a bunch of trans activists got ticked off at the New York Times for supposedly being too anti-trans. The thing that really precipitated the latest round of protest was that, oh my gosh, someone wrote an opinion piece defending J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter lady, who's trying to defend uh, what being a woman is. Yes. And uh, anyway, uh, but they've also run some stories and opinion pieces questioning the practice of castrating healthy children, which to me is a good thing. You should be running stories on that. About Absolutely. Know, saying, hey, you know, the science is really not on the side of people who give 
13-year-old girls double mastectomies for no reason other than they think they're a boy. Right. Um, anyway, uh, some of the people who worked there actually joined the activists, calling out people that they work with by name. And now the executive editor of the New York Times, Joe Kahn, sent a memo out yesterday telling them to knock that crap off. Said, quote, Whoa. it is not unusual for outside groups to critique our coverage. In this case, members of our own staff joined the effort. Their protest letter included direct attacks on several of our colleagues. That's against the letter and spirit of our ethics policy. We do not welcome and will not tolerate participation by journalists in protests organized by advocacy groups, which is a huge 180 from where they'd been in the past, letting the mob rule. So uh, this is like, you're on notice. We're not doing this anymore. Wow. Well, there's always the bridge too far. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. You feel like the trans activism, especially when it comes to kids, is like, okay, people are united now. This is nuts. This has to stop. You're damaging people. Okay, that's not about tolerance. The, you people are about an agenda, and it's got to be stopped. Wow. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with oh, the old failing yeah. New York Times. Oh, yeah. Sometimes the children got to be told to behave. We'll see. What's your story, Scott? Uh, CNN chairman Chris Licht in the news this morning opened his daily 9 o'clock editorial call by saying that the remarks by Don Lemon were widely viewed as sexist and insensitive, and it left him very disappointed. <laughs> His remarks are upsetting and unacceptable and unfair to his co-host and ultimately his audience. This is according to Mr. Licht. Don Lemon said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. I didn't mean to offend anyone. So what in the world is the meaning of the word unacceptable? I mean, if CNN does nothing about this, it'd be different if this guy was like the Michael Jordan of ratings. Right, if this guy had yeah. big ratings yes. and hadn't, and this was like a one-off bad comment he made, which yes. of course it isn't. I wouldn't worry though, Don. If you get fired, there's always a job in the Biden administration <laughs> for you. You've already proved your incompetence, so there you go. Well, a lot of times in media, it was always at least it used to be called, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole factor. Right, a whole factor. You'll put up with a lot when you're talking about great ratings and a bunch of revenue. Sure. Uh, you know, someone that's eccentric or full yeah. of ego, whatever it is. When it's not coming in anymore as far as the ratings of the revenue, what is no, there? No, what is there? Well, that's yeah. why you'll take a pain-in-the-ass player on a team. Yep. I mean, as long as he's performing. When he stops performing, he's done. It's over. Gone. Yes. Agree. California, it's my story today, Culver City. You know, honors classes, they make other kids feel, well, dumb sometimes. Uh, it's time to increase equity, so we're just going to eliminate the honors classes. Okay, how's that? Okay. Well, parents are not happy. Well, no. Um, people with any common sense are not happy. Um, because you've got all. It, it, this isn't the only one. There are a lot of school districts that are taking away honors classes, saying you know it's it's just equity because the, some of the kids of color. Um, are not doing well in these advanced classes. So, sorry, Asian American kids, <laughs> white kids, or or those of you of color that that were you know good enough to get into these classes and do well with them. We're just going to do away. 
that's not how the country was built. No, but that's what the communists want. And is this just a case of cowards not speaking up for so long that that's how this nonsense just Mm -hmm. continues to grow and grow and grow? Oh, yeah. Until there are more people that have the guts to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. We should award achievement. And it has nothing to do with skin color. Well, I think we're seeing the uh, the end result of not rewarding achievement, but checking off boxes. Well, I mean, within our society, I think we're seeing it everywhere right now. I mean, I don't know. You can tell me, has Black Lives Matter given any money to tutoring black students to get into <laughs> honor? What, you say they haven't? No. No. No, no, no. Well, what's it all about then? It's about it's about raking in the cash and buying some houses while pushing oh, the Marxist agenda. The College of Patrice Colors has yeah, there you go. No, got it. Okay, yeah. All right. It's got three campuses though. They're big and wide. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Free yeah. snacks, I've noticed. That's right. Okay. Something else to get to. Well, it's Random Act of Kindness Day. Who's guilty here? It's straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. So remember Dasha Burns, this is the NBC reporter who uh, did an interview with John Fetterman while he was running for Senate in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman being the uh, man who had a stroke last year right before the primary, won the primary, and then wound up staying on the campaign trail, even though he almost died from a stroke. Wound up winning. Now he's a senator, and he's been... Uh, he's been hospitalized again due to clinical depression, um, which is really sad. Dasha was the one that said he couldn't communicate. I had a really hard time. Yeah, and she got shredded. She did. For reporting the truth that he could not really process what she was saying to him. Um, and now she's, uh, she's back with a new report about John Fetterman's up, uh, health. And one is a senior aide is saying he'll probably be there for a few weeks in the hospital, getting checked out, getting monitored, being treated. Uh, and then she writes, a senior aide says it's been difficult to distinguish the stroke from the depression, saying it's hard to tell at times if Fetterman is not hearing you or is he sort of crippled by his depression? Oh, boy. Um, golly, yeah, and it says, but then this aide goes on to say, well, it hadn't compromised his ability to do the job. Well, obviously it has, because he has to go to the hospital. What are you hospital. talking about? What? The and, assault on reality knows no bounds. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, yeah, I mean, and and you keep hearing people come out and say, oh, well, what, are you trying to stigmatize mental health? No, not at all. No. Not at all. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this. If he hadn't had the stroke and he's a senator and he has to go to Walter Reed mm-hmm. for a few weeks, take care of depression, I'm not as critical. Right. Everybody has struggles both mentally, emotionally, physically, Right. 
and he's I'm, I'm glad he's getting the help he needs. But man, when you almost died from a stroke and he's struggling the way he is that like that, mm-hmm. and then you compound that with depression, for his own sake, he should get out of the Senate. And it's to me, it's despicable watching media members and his and his uh, his his aid workers and his family saying, "Oh no, but he's going to still be a senator." That's that's despicable. You know, it's like the family of an actor or actress or a musician that we just got to get them back on the road. We know they're in no shape to get them out there, but we can't stop this money train, right? Or power train, or whatever you want to call it. And yes, it's the loving people that say, "You know what." Seriously, forget all that. Your health has got to be priority. But as you've said many times, David, it doesn't seem that that guy has anyone around him like that. (laughs) That is, man. It's that's pretty sad. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on all at the same time. Yeah. Where do you want to start? The Ohio train derailment? Uh, sure. Uh, well, we figured one thing out, Trump's fault. Yeah, it is Trump's fault, apparently. How is that possible? It's not, but they're going to they're gonna run this up the flagpole, man. That anytime they can, they're going to try to blame Donald Trump for this. Uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has taken a beating because he's terrible at his job and is proving to be less than useless during the... Uh, latest transportation crisis, that train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. And he took to Twitter to blame Trump, writing, quote, We've, We are constrained by law on some areas of rail regulation, like the braking rule withdrawn by the Trump administration in 2018. Now, the Department of Transportation in 2018, this is about something called the ECP brake requirements. They wanted to study this to see if it was feasible. That is electronically controlled pneumatic brakes. Uh, but the Department of Transportation uh, said, oh, yeah, this, this isn't going to be cost beneficial under any scenario. So it's probably best to just not go forward with this. And then Jennifer Homedy, she's with the NTSB called that disinformation. This is another person who works in the Biden administration. It says that some are saying the ECP brake rule, if implemented, would have prevented this derailment. False. Here's why. The ECP braking rule would have applied only to high-hazard flammable trains. The train that uh, that derailed in East Palestine was a mixed freight train containing only three Class 3 flammable liquids cars. That means that if the rule had gone into an, uh, into effect, this train would not have had ECP brakes. Okay. <laughs> so it just blew up the narrative like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Boot edge edge. Right, yes. Boot edge edge. <laughs> they say edge edge. <laughs> That's right. One of the classic clips from Trump talking about Mayor Pete. Well, I guess there's, uh, there's a lot of calls now for him to resign. 
coming actually from the left. Yeah, well, some from Democrats, but more from Republicans. Well, yeah. yeah. Has anyone actually come out yet and said, actually, the criticism is just anti-gay? Not yet. Oh, he suggested that. Has he really? Yeah, when uh, he, I, I think it was uh, Brett Baer interviewing him on Fox News a few weeks ago when there were more questions about his travel arrangements because he's been traveling on like military planes and right. you know really racking up the mileage there to go to political events. And then he pointed out uh, during the interview, said something to the effect of, well, other transportation secretaries have, or other cabinet secretaries have traveled in this way. I mean, you left off the part that usually it's because they're going to, like, hot spots around the world. But <laughs> he says, why is it that it is only an issue when it's me and my husband traveling this way? Ah, <laughs> there you go. That's right. Yeah, because he's a weasel. That's how, that's how it works. Yes. And just remember, there's a thousand derailments a year. This is one. <laughs> yeah. It's a big deal. I better call my dad and tell him to come out of retirement. I know it's been like 22 years since mm -hmm. you've been fixing the trains. You better get back in the train yard, Dad. <laughs> yeah, they need you. Need you. America needs you, yes. My goodness. Okay. Um, other stuff out there today. Oh, rest assured, um, I know you guys have been worried about this, and I've got great news. Um, President Biden is fit to serve. Ah. Okay. The White House doctor said so. Coffee? Yeah. No, as president. Oh, okay. Okay. Smart Alec. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. And by the way, he's, he's so healthy and remaining to be a vigorous 80-year-old male who is fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Uh, apparently, so fit. We don't need a cognitive test. I was just going to say, there was what? no cognitive test done. That's the problem. Yeah. What That's the problem. No. Mental health workers. <laughs> That's the problem. Right. Nobody's worried about Joe Biden's blood pressure. No. Right? It's, it's, it's about the fact that he's obviously senile. Well, what do you mean? All men and women created by go, you know the, you know the thing. We you know the mean? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fit to serve. That's what was so bugging about said this so. thing. Yeah. I know that Ronnie Jackson, the rep from Texas, who was, you know, Obama's physician and Trump, has said, what? We learned nothing from this. No. How bad is his cognitive issue? Is he on any drugs to treat his mental decline? This exam was a joke. Cover up. And they said that stiff gait he's got when he walks, that sort of stiff gait, yeah. is because he can't feel his feet. Yeah. So that's a problem. So that's why he walks like he's on stilts. Yeah, and in the report, well, they actually had a doctor that said, no, that's a sign of being senile. Yes. You know, so. I mean, uh, imagine if. Well, hey. Okay, he's fine. The doctor said so. Nothing to see here. Just move along now. All, All right. right. I mean, the thing you wanted to know about was the thing that wasn't tested. You know what? I can prove to you that he is still fit. All right? All right. Um. The dude is still an A-plus race hustler. He proved it again. Okay. Did you know to this day white families would love to see blacks lynched? This is crazy. What? If you heard <laughs> this? Oh, yeah. The, oh, my God, this piece of audio? Yep. I didn't know if you knew this. It was breaking news from the president yesterday. If it weren't for him a year ago, it'd still be going on. Yes. I'll just roll the audio. It was almost exactly one year ago that I signed... 
a long, more than 100 years in the making. Uh-huh. It's an honor. It's an honor, because he's a hero. It's one of the great honors of my career, the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act, making lynching a federal hate crime. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because this is audio, I need to tell the fine folks. So there was an eye roll there, David, whoa. and it, it looked disrespectful. Right. I... I just don't, I don't understand this because lynching is murder, right? Yes. Yes. Is, does lynching not? I know we talked about this at the time when this when there was this big push for it, and it's like whatever. Okay, fine. If if it makes you feel better to pass this law, I guess do it. Mm -hmm. But like, was there a carve out in murder laws across all these fifty states that if you lynch someone, it didn't count as murder or a hate crime or a hate crime? I mean, yeah. Well, no. But it wasn't on the books, so hey. it is now because of this hero, this great American. Hey, wait, we think that Jackson killed that black guy. <laughs> really? Yeah, there he is, hanging from a tree. Oh, well, that didn't count as murder. Sorry, we can't arrest Jackson. Yeah. No, that wasn't in play. Next year he's going to work on the no more trucks driving humans uh, with a rope from the back of the truck <laughs> law. Because we don't want that anymore. Right. Wait a second, it's already against the law. Well, well, we're going to specify it. We're going to go. Uh, for, who knows? We're going to go for pulling sleds too. Sure. Yep. You know, folks, lynching is pure terror. Well, yeah. Enforcing the lie that not everyone belongs in America and not everyone is created equal. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Uh huh. Pure terror to systematically undermine hard-fought civil rights. Innocent men, women, children hung by a noose from trees, bodies burned, drowned, castrated. They're crimes, trying to vote, trying to go to school, trying to own a business. Uh, we're so desperate uh, to divide races, we're going to bring up stuff from years ago. And that's what I'm doing right here, see? Trying to preach the gospel. False, false accusations of murder, arson, robbery. Lynch for simply being black. Nothing more. What? With white crowds, white families <clears throat> gathered to celebrate the spectacle. Taking pictures of the bodies and mailing them my postcards. Okay. Hard to believe, but that's what was done. And some people still want to do that. Who? You know, as this film... Who? Who wants yeah. to do that? Who's... What who? group out there is saying, yeah, we want this done? I mean, who are they? Okay, you're the oldest one on the show, Scott. Have you I don't ever know heard any. that one time no. in your entire life? No. And in my lifetime... You're pretty white. You've hung out with a lot of whiteies. And a lot of black guys. Yes, over my time. Yes, and I don't know any who have had the uh, a noose around their neck being strung up in a tree. I don't know so any. You've never gotten like a, a postcard from a friend, the picture with of a, somebody who'd been lynched on it? No, I know, David, I haven't. Not even on my Instagram account, no. David. Never been to a family reunion where you shared pictures and laughed together? Uh, about people being lynched. No. no. Hmm. Sounds suspicious. No, I, I'm not denying that sort of behavior happened, but Joe Biden sure as hell didn't stop it. <laughs> right. I mean, he's old, but he's not that old. It's like, it's like he's acting like it was happening two years ago. Exactly. Like, uh, oh, this is this common thing. Where a Until of, a year ago, this stuff was going on. I gotta, I gotta call my family in East Texas. Hold on a second. Yeah. Okay. I guess we should probably move on from that, you know. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Oh, yeah. We don't need to go through the whole Joe Biden's one of the biggest races no, out we, there bits, do we? We don't need to, but I would like to. You would? Because he is. He is the most racist. racist president yeah. in modern history. 
What are you saying? That he would actually sort of, what, intimate that black parents don't know how to raise their kids? He are you that, saying yes. that what? We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. See, you know? good heart is just dumb. You know, good hearted, though. <laughs> Dude, of course, whatever it takes, words, words help. Make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. Yes. Yeah. Did, remember when he said that black people didn't know how to use computers? How did he say that? <laughs> uh, he said he, he said something like we need uh, we need computer programming because people don't know black people don't know how to use the Internet. Well, didn't he say they didn't know how to make copies either? No, that, they, that was Kamala Harris talking about okay. uh, rural white people. Where they could go to make copies? Yeah, yeah that, the old that, Kinkos. Yeah, yeah. Rural, rural America, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't know where a Kinkos is. They don't, they don't know, even how know what a Kinkos is. Uh, right. scan, yeah. their, uh, scan their ID to you know, send it in to vote. But yeah. one other thing, just from Biden, Dang. where he's here to help, because obviously, you know, he's buddies with, Sharpton and Ben Crump, and they hang, and he's got positive messages for black America. Okay. One of the things um, I think is bathe. That's that's a good thing. Um, I'm just going by what he said before. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African American who is articulate and bright and and, and clean nice looking guy I mean it's that's a storybook man storybook see it could happen study up take a shower wow. clean gosh dang. this guy's terrible he's the worst he lectures us yeah okay has there been a worse president in our lifetime uh, well I don't know man I mean who would it be? Jimmy Carter, maybe. Did he divide the country like this? Uh, no. I mean, he ran in the ground, but we were together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he drove the train right into the ditch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is a guy who's done more for America outside the office of the presidency than he ever did inside. Man, oh, man. David, I know you saw this story, and I sent it to you, because I'm like, okay, this is a story we would all love, especially David, this woman in Florida. Yeah. There was a home intruder. Didn't end up well for the home intruder. Uh oh. Well, well, no, because there was a well-armed woman, 67 years old. This is Putnam County, Florida. Uh, well, she shot and killed a home intruder earlier mm-hmm. this week. Uh, there was a, the the person who broke into the home was 64 year old Reginald Best. Mm-hmm. Uh, was found with a gunshot wound. He was taken to a hospital where he died. Uh, and the woman said that uh, she heard the front door handle shaking around 3 o'clock in the morning. She went to investigate it, and she thought it might be her husband returning from work, so she opened the door. Best forces his way into the house. The Bad woman move. had her gun with her. All right. And uh, she told deputies that Best raised up both arms, and she saw he had a gun in his hand. And so, well, she shot him once. That did the trick. Yep. You know, one of the quotes there from the sheriff it was great talking about this is why i want people to be able to arm themselves second amendment's important sheriff hd gator deloach love gator yeah (laughs) sheriff gator that's awesome (laughs) all right news update straight ahead right here
right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Breaking news, NBC News, David. <laughs> I like this. The uh, largest meta-analysis of data looking at immunity for COVID, natural immunity versus uh, vaccine-induced immunity, found that, you know, this is published in The Lancet, by the way, uh, that that whole immunity from a prior illness, <laughs> that's, that's on par, maybe even a little bit better than what's provided through, through, do, through uh, two doses of uh, the mRNA vaccine. Uh, and these, uh, these experts have now said, you know, past COVID infection should at least be considered in policymaking decisions going forward. Oh, well, thanks a lot. <laughs> Something other countries have known, I don't know, for years. <laughs> you're, you're, you're about two and a half years too late. Wow. You know, okay, so with the vaccine, if you want to say, man... Markley, it seems like you're in spreading conspiracies that it really causes harm to the heart and all that. Honestly, I don't know. But all I know is we've been lied to a lot, and you're suspicious. Yeah. And I remember when DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bill player, made the tackle and cardiac arrest. We know the whole story. And I kept saying, you know what? This guy's healthy. He's 24. Did he have a condition? Why is no one asking? And props to Michael Strahan, who did the interview yeah. with Good Morning America. And it was really this week. Um he actually asked DeMar Hamlin the question. What caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24, peak physical condition, can run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um, um, that's something I want to stay away from. I know from my experience, the stop there. Yeah. Okay. To me, I was like, okay, he's being very careful. He wants to say it. it seemed like it, but he does. But he knows he can't say it. I know from my experience, the NFL they do more tests than anything, and in the course of you having your physical, did anybody ever come back with any? Say you had a heart issue or anything that was abnormal? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I've always been a, a, a healthy, young, fit, energetic, uh, you know, human being, let alone mm -hmm. athlete. Um, so it, it was something that was just that we we still processing and I'm still talking through with my doctors just to see what everything was. So good job, Michael Strahan, for bringing it up. Yeah. Poor job for not asking the next question, which is what anyone else would ask. You think it might have been the vaccine? <laughs> People have said. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Oh, I, I'm still kind of obsessed with the fact that Joe Biden scrambled Air Force jets to go and take out a hobbyist balloon, apparently. No, better to be safe. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, right. I still feel bad for the Northern Illinois uh, Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, which is now missing its $12 balloon. Because yeah. Biden, <laughs> Biden sent an F-22 to take it out. Uh, yeah. hmm. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, it's good. The adults are back in charge, everybody. That's the good news. Well, growing up in Scranton, I used to shoot ants with their shotgun. <laughs> you know that. Picture Wiley E. Coyote on the side of it. News update next.
the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, so you want your president to answer questions. That's a good thing. Well, I suppose unless you're on the left and the president is Biden, where yeah. it's a white-knuckle ride. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, you never, you never know. So are you telling me that actual reporters are upset that people are asking Joe Biden questions? Yeah, well, I, I guess it's in the tone or something. So Joe Biden went out there yesterday afternoon to talk about the three objects that were shot down over the weekend. Apparently, we're talking about pri- uh, private scientific or hobby balloons, including one that seems to have been a $12 balloon put up in the air by the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, the Nibibib. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yes, we all want T-shirts. I I do. I want a uh, T-shirt like today. And I also just want to let them know, if they haven't heard yet, they win hobby ballooning forever. Agreed. You you just had the president of the United States shoot that thing out of the sky with a $400,000 missile. Yeah. So the award every year from now on out will be called the Nibibib Award. <laughs> the <laughs> the, the Bib Award for Hobby Ballooning Excellence. I love I it. Like That's it. great. Okay. Yes. We, we, we need to do that. Uh, now, this was obviously an overreaction due to the political fallout from him letting a Chinese spy balloon traverse the country. Um, so someone asked about China and whether or not talks with China, especially in these fraught times, were compromised because of his family's business dealings with the Communist Party. He didn't like that very much. No, he didn't. Mr. President, Mr. President, there has been criticism. Mr. President, there has been criticism that this was an overreaction that was done because of political pressure. You come my off and ask the question when you have more polite people. Oh. Not polite. Yeah, not polite. Well, as he walked away, some reporters were caught on a hot mic whining about how people were asking too many questions or shouting all over each other. Oh, my goodness. You can't hear it. You can't hear it. That does not help our ability to get information out of the president. He was going to answer questions. Really poor way to handle that. Just yelling. Wow. Did I hallucinate the Trump ears? No, it was real. Okay. I only know that for sure because of so many days we started the show with me saying, okay, you're not the one going crazy. It's the world that's gone crazy, but it was that reality. So, yes, it really did happen. Biden only needs to shoot one more balloon out of the sky for the big stuffed ocelot that he's going to (laughs) win when he trades in the two back scratchers. I mean... Listen, it's not even conspiracy. We know what was in the Hunter Biden laptop. We know about the business dealings with his family mm-hmm. and the Chinese communist government. For people to ask, is there a conflict of interest? Mm-hmm. Holy mm-hmm. crap, can you imagine if this was Trump? Yeah. And take Hunter Biden out and put Don Jr. in? Yeah. No. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> there, <laughs> there would be madness in the streets. Oh, of course there would be. Well, they're still asking, well, what about Jared Kushner having a business deal with the Saudis, huh? Trump's not president right now. And there are way more nefarious things that seem to be happening. I mean, we all uh, it, it's kind of amazing to, to remember back to 2020 when this laptop stuff was coming out. 
Mm-hmm. And Tucker Carlson had a primary source, a business partner of Hunter Biden named Tony Bobulinski, on yep. the record providing documentation. Tony Bobulinski's credibility was backed up by a progressive Democrat congressman. Yes. Saying, oh, I know the guy, yeah, and he's, I, I, I think he's a pretty credible source of information. Didn't have yeah. anything to say about, about Joe Biden, but he did say, no, Tony Bobulinski's not some kook who's just making this stuff up. And no Who, one by was the way, went to the FBI. Yeah. Bobulinski went to the FBI. I have information. Yeah, we're not interested. Mm-mm. But then you find out the FBI had the laptop since 2019. Yeah. It's freaking nuts, man. And that's what I think is something that's so frustrating for so many people, is that you know what's going on, and you want justice, and it feels like there's nothing you can do. And you're waiting... <laughs> for justice to happen and you're not quite sure when it's going to happen if ever and that's sort of the tension i think that we feel Mm. you think about this man and i know this has been said many times you got this guy jeffrey epstein who killed himself (laughs) who has all of this blackmail from all of these leaders around the world and you have his accomplice that's doing time now for trafficking young girls, but to no one. Yeah. No names. How is that possible? Mm-hmm. And what happened to the investigation that was supposed to happen? On what happened on Orgy Island, as they called it? Jeffrey Epstein's personal island. You don't know. But I didn't see this update today from the Wall Street Journal, and it doesn't have to do so much with any list of people. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, that's Bill Gates, that's Bill Clinton. I mean, who else is on that list? This story in the Wall Street Journal uh, was talking about emails that revealed these ties between Jeffrey Epstein and the former CEO of Barclays, Jess Staley. Barclays, the multinational universal bank. This guy, holy smokes. It's kind of wild. Have you heard anything about this, David? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... Basically, the emails came out because the U.S. Virgin Islands government has a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan Chase. And this CEO, Staley, once a top executive, um, had these emails read. So the Wall Street Journal is able to see these emails between Staley and Epstein. All right? And so this is one of those things that sounds sort of like Bill Gates. Um Staley would say, you know, you know, we were, you know, like friends, but not that close. Although in one of the emails, this is from 2009, again, former CEO of Barclays. I owe you so much, and I deeply appreciate our friendship. I have few so profound. That sounds like they're tight buddies. Mm-hmm. But he maintains, Staley does, I was friendly with Epstein, but I didn't know about any alleged crimes. What? Mm-hmm. 2009, he just got out of jail. Yeah. You didn't know about it. it. That never came up, huh? So then you get into, well, some of the emails. Emails revealed by the U.S. Virgin Islands show Epstein sending Mr. Staley photos of young women in different poses. Oh. And discussing trips to the island where Epstein had allegedly trafficked the young women. Orgy Island. Photos <clears throat> are redacted. But Mr. Staley wrote in 2010 to Jeffrey Epstein, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White. 
Hmm. Oh, they had different names. Hmm. Hmm. Christine responded, what character would you like next? Mr. Staley replied, Beauty and the Beast. The suit also alleges Epstein wired money to a woman after Staley stayed at Epstein's Palm Beach, Florida mansion, and then again to the same woman when Staley told Epstein he would be in London. Okay. So you can get a hold of this stuff. <laughs> Who in charge just doesn't want to get a hold of this stuff? Right. I, I always go back to this idea that one of the reasons why they cut a sweetheart deal with him all those years ago. Yeah. Remember, there was a story that just kind of disappeared that apparently the intelligence community kind of vouched for him or said he was an asset. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Jeffrey Epstein was. So was he was asset. providing some yeah. sort of information yeah. to the CIA. Okay, so if you go back seven, eight years and the idea of the deep state in your mind mm-hmm. as to where it is now, it's completely different, mm-hmm. at least for me. You're like, oh, th- you know, the deep state protects its players. Absolutely, at any cost. That's probably why we don't know a whole lot more than we did when the guy <coughs> killed himself. Yeah, right. That's so creepy, though. Isn't it? Snow White. Yeah. I was kind of hoping, for, you know, good golly. Snow White, oh, yeah. Beauty and the which, Beast. Which character would you like next? I told you, Disney adults are creepy. See, I was going to get around to that, David. Yep, you're absolutely right. There is something about that, right? Oh, uh, Moving on to some of the worst governors in the United States. Uh, Up today, J.B. Pritzker, governor of Illinois. Yeah, Yeah, the Democrat governor of one of the worst-run states in the country is lashing out at a successful Republican governor and lying about him. This is just jealousy on full display. Democrat Governor uh, J.B. Pritzker of Illinois gave his State of the State speech yesterday and referenced Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, not by name, but I guess, again, J.B. Pritzker thinks he's going to be president. Oh, yeah. He's never going to be president. No. But anyway, here's what he said. Okay. There is a virulent strain of nationalism plaguing our nation. It's an ideological battle by the right wing hiding behind a claim that they would protect our children, but whose real intention is to marginalize people and ideas they don't like. This afternoon, I've laid out a budget agenda that does everything possible to invest in the education of our children. Yet it's all meaningless if we become... (laughs) With the trans agenda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your kid's pregnant? Don't tell the parents. Just straight to the abortion clinic. That's how you protect kids, JB. You're awesome. Yet it's all meaningless if we become a nation that bans books from school libraries about racism suffered by Roberto Clemente and Hank Aaron and tells kids that they can't talk about being gay. Of course, standing ovation from the lemmings in the state capitol. Uh, Obviously, it's not illegal for a kid to talk about being gay. Florida has a law that says teachers in grades K through 3 can't talk to kids about their genitals and sexuality. Right. That's what he says is so harmful, and it's fascist and all this stuff. And the backstory on the Roberto Clemente book, because this has been making the rounds among the Blue and On crowd. So some <laughs> okay. activists who work for the Duval County Public Schools in Florida pulled 176 books off the shelves for a uh, review. They're actually not banned. The district has not banned them. The state has not banned them. But they're trying to give people the impression that these books are being banned because of Florida's new guidelines. Those guidelines, by the way, call for taking pornography out of school libraries. 
So they're trying to make a political point. You may have seen a video where there's a school librarian walking through. All our shelves are empty. (laughs) (laughs) No one called for that. And again, you know, I haven't seen this happen yet where one of the parents says, hey, we want to put these books that we have a problem with up on a screen at the next school board meeting. Yeah. Oh, no, we, we can't do that well, It's it, uh, because of uh, public ordinances. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah, Governor DeSantis has talked about doing that at a press event uh, to actually like just put, here, here are some of the materials that we're talking about here. And, and watch, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if it would be him who reads it. Somebody should read aloud at a press conference and then watch how the television stations have to censor all the stuff. Yes. All the language that's in there. Yeah. Because a lot of people that I guess you could say independent don't pay that much attention to news. I think they would be shocked. Yeah. Honestly shocked to know exactly what kind of books that they're talking about there. James Earl Jones, read them. <laughs> <laughs> Bull whips and mascara. <laughs> Becky entered the room. I'd rather it be yeah. Chappelle. Yeah, well, that would be good, too. Whips! <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Oh, goodness. All right. CNN, are they going to fire Don Lemon? We'll get to that. Oh, we got a big Friday 5 to get to. Coming up right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, CNN unhappy with Don Lemon. We're not just talking about ratings either. Oh, no, because Don Lemon did a sexist yesterday. Yeah, he did. And he uh, said that Nikki Haley wasn't in her prime because women are past their prime by the time they hit the big 5-0. Wow. Yeah. And said, Google it, 20s and 30s. <laughs> I'm not talking about as far as a career. I mean, the context of using that take, it yeah. was nonsensical. Yeah, I like how he actually did research, apparently, by Googling when is a woman in her prime. <laughs> and then apparently found the website for the He-Man Woman Haters Club. Yeah. <laughs> was like, well, that, they, this seems to be an authoritative source of information, doesn't it? Well, he, he said that. Just Google it. Google it. And he wasn't there this morning. No, he no, was he not. Had the, he had the day off. Wow. Yeah. So do you think this is it? Um, nah. Well, if this isn't it, I don't know what it will take. Yeah, this so is you're a saying, good you think it will? Do you think this is it? I think this could be it. I don't, I don't want to commit all the way yet because... You, this, I'm, what I'm getting at is, do you want to bet David or not? How, what, what's the timeline here? What do you give him, David? A week? Two weeks? Not two weeks. One? Whole week. I'll, I'll I'll split the difference. I'll give him till Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll yeah. be fired by Wednesday, Scott. Oof. You want the action? I w- I'll take it if we go to Friday. Nah, I won't go to Friday. You say he's going to get fired? Yeah, I do. You do? I I don't. I mean, if they were ever going to, if they have grounds to appease the left, the shrieking people whose heads are on fire, it would be what he said. Okay. Even though he is is a minority and he is gay, 
I think that supersedes what he just did supersedes all of that. Okay. I could be wrong. All right. But no action. I'm not going all the time. way to Friday. I need to go to Friday. If he goes to Friday, I'll I'll see it. Friday, like uh, Thursday midnight. That mean like by Friday morning. Yeah, just all day Friday. We have until midnight. Friday, no, because night, Saturday morning. If he is going to get fired, then it'll be the result of some sort of snowball that happens, and usually that takes a few days. And so that's why I'm saying Wednesday. Yeah. That's the cutoff for me. Yeah, I'm not taking that then. Well, I don't want to waste all this time that we just talked about this on no blood. I'll take it. Okay. You think he's going to be fired before Wednesday? No, I think he's not getting fired. Oh, okay. Well, no. Yeah. Scott's saying he's getting fired. Oh, okay. But I'll take. Friday. So who's betting who here? I'm betting you. Oh, okay. It's five bucks. And I, there's no timeline on this. Though. No, it is till Friday. What do you okay, just say? Okay, all right, Friday. Okay, fine. You got it. All right. Fine. Okay. We got a big Friday five. We got to get you set Better up for. Fire that guy. <laughs> David, today, why are we doing Lonely Songs? Uh, it is National No One Eats Alone Day. Really? So this is for lonely people. So lonely, loneliness, songs with that in the title. Oh, lonely in the title. Huh? Yeah. There's some great ones, too. The numbers is 210-619-2053, and we'll kick it off next right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. That's Scott Robbins playing through the pain because he's a gamer. Well, you know. He's getting everybody sick, but that's all right. He's a gamer. I don't, I'm not trying not to get everybody yeah. sick. I covered my mouth. Yeah, sort of. Okay. You know what it's not time for? Sort of, I did. Yeah, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> the countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Friday Five is countdown we do every Friday. And today, we're doing the greatest lonely songs of all time. It could be lonely, loneliness, whatever in the title. And why is that, David? Uh, it is National No One Eats Alone Day. Oh. So this is a tip of the cap to all the lonely people out there. Hope you can find someone to share a meal with. Oh. Eat your lunch all by yourself. It's really just a long-distance dedication. Oh, that's nice. It really is. That just reminded me of something before we get into this countdown. You don't like to eat alone, Scott. That's why you eat in the studio. Now yeah, I understand right. it. No, that's why I bring it in here. Yes, well, no. that and it unnerves you, so that's <laughs> another reason why. You're a very quiet eater. That's why I like to make it even louder when you're here. I've noticed. I notice you don't get here now until like 20 minutes before showtime. You're still case. eating. It used to be an hour ahead. I'd I come wait. here later well, no, to I avoid it, and then you still, you unwrap stuff, and you say, like, hunk, 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 I wait. Gosh, dang it. I, I you know. do it on purpose. I told David he's doing it on purpose. I was on to you. You had a nice two days, didn't you, without that? Boy, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. The number to call in is 210-619-2053. 
<laughs> or Scott's personal number, 1-800-EAT-LOUD. <laughs> don't call that number. I don't know what it is. Okay? I don't either. I was joking. Jeez, it could be anything. <laughs> so the way we put our countdown together is we take all these songs and figure out how big was the song at its height. Or, you know, is it iconic? Some songs are not the biggest hits, but they're iconic. That gets a score. Then how does it stand the test of time score? And how much do you personally like it? Put it all together, and we got a great list. I think we're all set to go. Who's up first today, David? Uh, uh, let's talk to, hold on a second, uh, Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Here's a Seinfeld reference Scott should appreciate. Apparently, the spy balloon took off from China, flew over Alaska, paused in midair, mind you, took a right <laughs> turn and headed towards Canada and then the continental United States. Yes. That is one magic balloon. Balloon. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I got it, man. I'm on to it. Yep. My song, The Motel, 1982 song, Only the Lonely. Wow. Number five. I'm surprised it snuck in. Me too. I did have it in my five. Yeah, me too. Did you have it, David? I did. I had it higher than, than you guys. Wow. I love this song. I do, too. You not so much, Scott. It's okay. I mean, I, I played it too much, I think. Okay. You probably didn't. I, I just remember seeing it on MTV yeah, and dating myself. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a great song. Love her voice in that song. Fantastic. You not so much. It's okay. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't turn it off. Well, I can't hear her voice over your chomping. Anyway, uh, who's next? Let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday hey, and three-day and three day weekend, too. Good for you. For you. We'll, we'll be here Monday. Three-day. Yeah. yeah. We're here. Okay, yes. Well, so um, today, anyway, I'm going to go with Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Oh, yeah. Mary. Yes. Mary, Mary, Mary. Number one. She's going to have a great three-day weekend. She's number one again. Back in the top spot. Big comeback record for Yes. Late 1983. And this song topped the chart seriously in 1984. I'm playing your part, Scott, as a top 40 guy. Well, this one... This album was huge. Yeah. And these guys, it was 1971 was their last hit before they had this one. Really? 71? Roundabout. They weren't much of a band for hits. Because no. Of, you know, they were prog Tre- rockers. Trevor Raven came in and rearranged the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, everybody, was that a unanimous number one? Uh, it was or- not. I, I had something else at number one. Okay. And it, ju- it really came down to the personal like thing, but it... Uh, yes, wound up being in the overall list, tied for number one, but it was a bigger hit than what turned out to be number two. So got I it. go with the objective criteria and yes. got the top spot. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as far as test of time and a hit, that one's big. Yep. Okay, who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Portland. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. I uh, wanted you to know I called 1-800-EAT-LOUD, and it said, Welcome to the Scott Robbins fan site. <laughs> Man, right. our producer so Dennis is like quick. Would you like to see him on the world tour? Um, <laughs> I, I just to let you know, Scott, I had a friend of mine, and every time he'd eat, he'd go, mmm, mmm, mmm. I had no idea until I had to listen to him. I was like, what is he doing? But, you know, that's, hey, a, that's a little exaggerated here, but that's yeah. okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, 
I'll tell you uh, one of the greatest albums of all time, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Number four. Okay. This is surprising to me. I had this higher than everybody. You did. Yeah. I think Scott had it at number five. I had it at number four. Wow, man. I mean, that song's iconic. It's big. Yeah, I worried about Test of Time on that one. Test of Time on Sgt. Pepper? I don't hear it as much as I hear all the other Beatles stuff. Man, it was around for a long, long yeah. time. I like it. I mean, personally, love this song, but oh well. Okay. What did you give it for personal like, one to ten? Mm, probably seven. Okay. All right. I'm just surprised. I thought it'd actually be higher. Yeah, well, it was in the top five. Okay. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Noel in Virginia. Hey, Noel. 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 Greetings, Covenant! <laughs> Noel. Greetings, Noel. Where you at? I, well, I, I heard that Robbins the Creaker was off this Tuesday so that he could celebrate Valentine's Day by singing his favorite love song to his cat. Catherine Deneal's Muscat Love. <laughs> See? <laughs> God, I swear. <laughs> yes, it was a great couple days off for Scotty. Yeah, it was, until I get back. Yes, it yeah. was. He, he had a hangover on Wednesday from singing so much to them. Yes. Yeah. And I also saw that Kareem Van John Dumb was attempting to explain Balloon Gate. She stated... If you will, as I previously explained, if you will, that we, from here, explained previously that there is a huge deficit in information caused by narcissistically inept bumbling Biden brain, or in the bubba bubba for short. <laughs> good one. That is good. What do you think, Noel, for a song uh, that's got lonely in it? Well, this song is what Dr. Jill says every night, which is Hope Alone with Mr. Magoo. Lonely is the Night by Billy Squire. <laughs> yes. Number two. Lonely is the night when there's no left to go. Okay, I got to guess here. Yeah. David, this was your number one. This was my number one. Yes, I love this song. I do love this song. All right. And I may have scored this wrong. It was only rock radio that played it. Yeah. And so it doesn't score as high. I mean, it does in my book, but not for this countdown. What do you give this for Test of Time, 1 to 10? I gave it a 10, Test of Time. I mean, that I gave it a 9. That song's really? played yeah. a lot. Wow, that's good for me to know. Yeah, Rock Radio still plays this. Okay. I love the song. Yeah. Yeah, it was too bad you couldn't have played it when it was actually out, Scott. No, I guess I they didn't do that at Top 40. Did no. you get to play The Stroke? Yes, we played The Stroke. Of course okay. we played The Stroke. Well, I, I don't know what Everybody wants you. Played that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got our number one. We got our number two. Uh, also, four and five. We only got three left? Uh, yeah. Oh, this is going fast. All right, it's songs with Lonely in the title. Who's next, David? Well, let's talk to Ben in Michigan. Hey, Ben. Hey, I would say... Um... Let's celebrate diversity and hug a bigot. Brings us to 1974. America, lonely people. <laughs> this is for all lonely people Thinking that life has passed them by Okay, Scott. Don't give up until You're a fan of America. 
country from the city. I like a lot of this stuff, yeah. Yeah. And this is not one of my favorite American songs. No? No. Okay. I was just curious. This is for all the same a little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It's only two minutes and 21 seconds. It's though. not even my saying. It's your saying, no. but it comes to my mind when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And all I hear in my head is face in the fan. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me want to put my <laughs> face, face in, in a fan. fan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know it's rivals all by myself and Eric Carmen and <laughs> some of the other throw yourself in front of a train songs. Okay. You know? All right. We're still looking for number three. Uh, but man, there's a lot of great honorable mention too. It's songs with "lonely" in the title. For National No One Eats Alone Day. Again, the numbers two one zero six one nine two zero five three, and we'll wrap it up. Coming up right here. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. As always, thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, we got a news update to get to in less than 15 minutes. The Scott Robbins trifecta. But first, we got to wrap up the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. And today, in honor of National No One Eats Alone Day, greatest songs of all time with Lonely. Or some form of Lonely in the title. That's your number one. Owner of a Lonely Heart from Yes. Billy Squire's Lonely is the Night at number two. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band at four. And the Motel's Only the Lonely at five. We're still looking for number three. The number's 210-619-2053. And back to it, David. Uh, let's talk to Mark in Virginia. Hey, Mark. What's going on, fellas? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Mark. Thanks for checking in, man. Yeah, man. Hey, I really think this should be number one, but I'm I'm banking on. I'm hoping it's number three. So lonely by the police. Oh yeah, the police. We talked about this before. Robin did top forty radio, and I did rock radio, and also some country radio. David did country radio. So we talked about songs we put. You never played this, Scott. No, right? I think it was just rock radio. What do you give that for test of time? I never hear it. I don't know. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of the police. Really, the only thing I ever hear is on the radio. I don't know this song. Really? Yeah. I know the song. I like the oh, police. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you were born in 87. Yeah. yeah I never you know. played it. Yeah. Okay. Good honorable mention, though. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Happy Patriarch's Day weekend. there you go thanks john appreciate it hey no problem you know the one good thing about eating alone is no one gets a chance to photograph and post your off filthy eating habits yeah that's true yeah that's true yeah running running out of options here but i'm going to go with a uh 60 song from the bgs lonely days wow man well done lonely days Now, when you were playing this at Top 40, Scott, how was it playing this at Top 40? You weren't? No. It's 1967, man. Oh, that's you started in 68 or was it 9? 79. Got it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm only messing around. 78. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 
45 years this year. Wow. Yeah. Who's counting? I'm not. Still looking for number three. Songs with Lonely in the title. Who's next? Let's talk to Joel in Oregon. Hey, Joel. Hi. Hey, Joel. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing fine. I've got a song that, uh, well, I I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can sure remember when this was on the top 40. Uh, I'm Mr. Lonely by Bobby Vinton. Oh, man. Yes. Lonely. Robbins broke that record in the Midwest. I think I got to find him for it. I have nobody. I think my mom had this record for real. As a matter of fact, as a kid, I think I saw Bobby Vinton live in concert at Six Flags. Dude had a million hit records in that era. Yeah, isn't Vinton? Didn't he have the Roses song? Roses are red, my love. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't get the T-shirt. <laughs> okay, who's next? Tour shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to Donnie in Vancouver. Hey, Donnie. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, Donnie. Thanks for checking in, man. I'm going to go with the great Roy Orbison, Only the Lonely. Oh. I almost picked that one. I almost did. Really? Yeah. But only the lonely. That's iconic. Been, like the movies and stuff, too. Uh-huh. No Still looking for number three. He was Wilbury, you know. I know that. Yes. That's why I think you, your like for him went to another level because right, he was the, hanging out with your friends Tom Petty and George Harrison and Jeff Lynne. Petty said he looked up at him at one point when they were recording and said, you know, Roy, you sing pretty well. And Roy looked at him and said, you know what I do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great Tom Petty story. Yeah. Let's talk to Uncle Schultz in Gresham. All right, gentlemen, you know, Valentine's Day has never been good for me, but this year mm. it was going to be great. I had a 12-pack of Schlitz malt liquor and a new girlfriend. <laughs> Trouble is, I overinflated her, and she floated up into the sky, and she got <laughs> shot down over Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but other so than that... Ruined your face your Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know, but other than that, I'm going to go with No More Lonely Nights by Paul McCartney. Dude, I really like that song. Uh, you know what? We were talking about this yesterday. There's not much of a test of a time on it. But I really do like that song. Still looking for number yeah. three. I think we're going to just have to burn it here. You mean to burn it? Yeah. Burn okay. It. All right. This was a top five song. Yeah. Big hit. And I think it's a pretty decent test of timer. It number is. three. It's a John Mellencamp. Scarecrow. I can tell a story that no one cares about. Yeah, go ahead. Every time I hear it, I think about working at Ponderosa because that song was huge. And it'd be a Friday night, and I knew all my friends were doing something fun, and I'm wearing brown polyester, <laughs> bussing tables, washing dishes. It I always fact, think of that song. A lonely old night. Yes. Just at the old Ponderosa. I thought you were going to say, and then Mellencamp's bus pulled in. And... <laughs> no, nothing great about it. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right. Biggest story of the day. We always ask you, David, what do you think it is? Well, I, I think it is still the continuing saga of shooting down unidentified flying objects that turn out to be the northern Illinois uh, bottle cap balloon brigades, $12 balloon. At least that was one of them. Um, and it is interesting to me, you pointed this out during the break, they always send out John Kirby with the White House to talk about this stuff because 
he wasn't dropped down a series of stairwells as a child, unlike Kareem John, uh, Kareem whatever Jean Pierre. Yes, Vancouver Mellencamp, I think, is Scott Balzer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Speaking of just crazy speak McGurkin, I think we have a clip, David, that you have from Kamala Harris. Yes. That we all need to hear next. This is tough. Let everybody in on the joke. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer. Uh, Not the juvenile, I'm the Gen Xer. Uh, David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. We better give this disclaimer before we get to our news update. Yeah, you should, because this could break bad. Okay. Uh, We were starting our Friday Five countdown about a half hour ago, and it was Lonely Songs. Because David pointed out yesterday, today is National No One Eats Alone Day. And we're talking about Robbins, who will eat in the studio. And I'm like, oh, it's because you don't like to eat alone. And we've had this conversation on the air before. I give Scott a hard time about eating loud. You know, he's a chomper. And so I just made an off comment of you can call Scott his special line 1-800-EAT-LOUD. Did not plan on making that comment. It was off the top of my head, and that's the way it rolls. I had a bad feeling about it, though. And so um, our executive producer, Dennis, decided, hey, we'll have a little fun with this on social media. And it was this picture of Robbins, and it was the number, right. um, his special hotline. 1-800-EAT-LOUD. Uh, don't call that number. No. Don't call it. No. Because he figured, I better call that number. And he did. And I think the way he described it was... Hey, baby. <laughs> right. It was. It's one of those numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was loud, all right. <laughs> uh, a different put type of dining, put the, too. Put, not, put not... the bib on, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't call the number. Don't call don't it. Don't call the number. You don't yeah. want to. Jeez. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know any uh, of we it. We don't know okay? any I, of it. I apologize. I'm sorry. And that was just... really just tossed out as a joke. Mm-hmm. Yes. It was. Don't call 1-800-TOSSED OUT. I mean, you <laughs> eat loud. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Uh, you have a piece of audio for I us. I do. Dave. I want to play a little game uh, here. Now, Jamie, you know the basic question here. You have not yes. heard this clip yet. Mm-hmm. Scott, you don't know what the question no, was. I don't know. It's Kamala Harris responding to a question posed by... NBC News' Andrea Mitchell. Okay? Okay. Okay. I want to play Kamala Harris's answer, and you guess what the question was. Oh, boy. Usually when you hear an answer to a question, right, you can kind of reverse engineer and understand, okay, I know generally what they're talking about. Um, I want to play this for you. Okay. All right. When you present the, the, the suggestion that anyone is saying... Um, that that it is time for a new generation, and they're running against the person who is president. Um, and it, when presented as though it's an attack, I would like to let, let us all be clear that the attack is misplaced. If the point of it 
is that we need leadership that is strong because we have a strong leader in Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're struggling, man. You got your eyebrows I'm gonna, almost crossed. You're really trying to figure this out. I'm going to take a guess. This okay. is just a guess. She was asked about her reaction to Nikki Haley saying that people over the age of 75 should not be in elected office. You nailed you know it. What? Good job. Oh, yeah. You speak fluent Kamala Harris. That's the only thing I could think of when she started. I mean, what an answer, though. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. <laughs> What a convoluted, twisted mess of alphabet that is. Mm -hmm. So what about the idea of a cognitive test for politicians over 75? When you present the, the, the suggestion that anyone is saying um, huh? that, that it is time for a new generation and they're running against the person who is president, um, and it, when presented as though it's an attack... I would like to let, let us all be clear that the attack is misplaced. If the point of it is that we need leadership that is strong, because we have a strong leader in Joe Biden. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I okay. I, I she has actually convinced me of something that I think Nikki Haley has completely missed the mark by calling for a cognitive test for all politicians over the age of fifty-five or seventy-five. It should be over 55. Because Kamala Harris is 58. And that sounded like, once again, vice president predictive text. <laughs> or like yes. she's the first bingo tumbler to ever serve in the office of the vice presidency. Yeah. I was thinking that anyone that says something like this in 16 seconds time. It is time for us to do what we have been doing and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. That maybe the cognitive test would also be in play. She is always trying to achieve and reach for the profound. She's always doing word search in her head to make herself, in her mind, sound smarter when well, she responds to a question. I don't think you have the same vision that she has, to be honest, I Scott. I probably don't. You're because right. I, she thinks about making the possible happen. And yeah. I don't know if you're equipped. No. We have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. I apologize, Scott. No one knows what that means. No, in the whole bus thing, the school bus yes. thing, and the yellow buses, and yes. they don't smell, and you can plug <laughs> yeah. your phone in. And yeah, yeah, where she claimed that electric buses are, have this new innovative technology where they have USB ports in them. Yeah, and that just dazzled exist. by that. You can charge your phone <laughs> while, you're, while you're on your way home. As if cars haven't been able to do that. I mean, you know, Really? Well, if there's going to be a passage of time, you want to charge your phone, right? And um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. Got it. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time oh. in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. That's, that's, wow. That's I mean, it, it really, it, it's stunningly daft. I mean, just... Are you ready for your three? Yeah, I, well, I don't know if I can top that or not. Hold on. Are you ready? One, two, three. Buckle my shoe off.
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Always helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Buddy, are you ready for the weekend or what? Yeah. Okay, will I be seeing you this weekend? You coming by? Yes. Okay, good. Leave the I'm light ready. on. Leave the light on for you. Okay. Three. All right. Uh, the price of eggs continues to go up, Scott. I know. Well, I don't know if you happen to notice that, but the cost of a dozen eggs has now surpassed the price of a pound of beef. The first time this happened since the U.S. Bureau of Labor Stats began keeping data back in 1980. The average price of a dozen large grade A eggs ran at 482 in January 2023. A, a pound of ground beef was 464. So for the first time ever, since they've been keeping track of this stuff, eggs are more expensive than beef. Oh. Congratulations. We're on the right track. Wow. It was a real steal. <laughs> Finally, Denny's is considered fine dining. <laughs> yes. But you can't dine there for under $40 now if you want the Grand Slam, baby. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. Uh, the Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, I just got the headline here. Uh, wear your pride shirt or you're benched. Remember when the uh, LGBTQABCD elemental P was, the appeal was uh, for live and let live? Remember that? Those days are long gone now. Oh, yeah. The tolerant folks have now gone full fascist. They continually try to impose their views on everyone else. And now we've moved to Australia where six-year-olds in Australia, six-year-olds have been given an ultimatum. You either wear a rainbow shirt or you sit out high-profile soccer games. The kids will be playing. Uh, the kids will play during the halftime of an A-League pro match. That is, they'll only play if they bow down and wear the rainbow shirts. Mm-hmm. If the child refuses, they will be sitting watching the rest of their their teammates play in their rainbow shirts. Okay, it's always the children, isn't it? It's always <laughs> the children. It always is. Don't call you us groomers. You, <laughs> you kind of think you've heard it all crazy yeah i could tell by the look on your face david and what i was thinking in my head like you've got to be freaking kidding me no yeah you will wear this shirt you're six years old you will wear this shirt if you want to participate in a soccer match with your teammates you'll wear it unbelievable they just can't leave the kids out can they nope Nope. can't leave them alone they can't wow i don't even want to insert a soccer joke i have one i don't even want to do it that's terrible. Australia. Yeah. Remember when Australia had the reputation of being rough and tumble? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's long and gone. Freedom, now, and freedom, with and freedom, freedom lovers went there to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. All right. Scott Robbins, trifecta, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Megan Kelly dunked on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Whoa. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, somehow, some way, decided that he was going to side with Don Lemon after Don Lemon made his remarks about women uh, not hitting their stride between 2030 and 40. And outside of that, you get it's time to be put out to pasture, right? He said, Don, we know your heart was in the right place. I think you were referencing women being in their prime during their reproductive years. Women are always in their prime because, in my opinion, they get stronger and more courageous and more beautiful as they get older. But I understand what you were getting at. Megan Kelly heard this and said, look at this guy, constantly lecturing us on moral superiority. 
He's 100% okay with Don Lemon's misogyny. There is no context in which the comment is okay. Stop defending it. You're pathetic. <laughs> Kareem, take that. Again, he's saying what Don was getting at, like his intent. Yeah, his intent. He wanted to go to intent here. Yeah. He's talking about Nikki Haley running for president. Yes. And taking a cognitive test if you're over 75. Yes. Which I think a lot of us agree on. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's why it doesn't make sense. It's completely out of context if he's saying, what, prime physically? Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What are you talking about? That's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, thirties, and forties. <laughs> Google it, everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says twenties, thirties, and forties. And I'm just saying, Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime, and they need to be in their prime when they serve, because she wouldn't be in her prime according to Google. She never said that. No, it's an idiotic take. You knew what he meant, though, right? You and Kareem knew. I knew that it was very dumb. That's pretty much it. How do you defend that? I don't know, man. I mean, even if you're a fan of Don Lemon's, how do you defend that one? Thing is, you know, with Kareem, I don't think he's a dumb guy. Oh, not at all. I may not agree with him, but I think he's a pretty smart guy. But he likes to lecture us on morality constantly. But that's a dumb take. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And there you have it. Yeah. All right. Trifecta. Well done, Scott. As always. Thank you. Okay. There's much more to get to. Another news update. Uh, Nimrod's in the news. Even, man, I hope we have time. Um, Tiger Woods lectured by a columnist at USA Today. Uh-oh. For his misogyny. Straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Kamala Harris, the Vice President of the United States, has a way with words. We know that. Yeah. Uh, she did an interview with Andrea Mitchell from NBC News and talked about the state of Chinese-U.S. relations after Joe Biden let a Chinese spy balloon fly over the entire country. A Chinese spy balloon, by the way, that we knew had launched like a couple weeks before it yes. was ultimately shot down Our over the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, she was asked about this. Uh, what is the state of uh, Chinese-U.S. Uh, relations? We will maintain the perspective that we have in terms of what should be the relationship between China and the United States. Uh, that is not going to change, but surely and certainly that balloon was not helpful, which is why we shot it down. There we go. God. You look exasperated, Scott. I am so exasperated. She is incapable, incapable of answering just a straight-up question. She can't do it. It's impossible. No, it's it's starting a circle. I, I Sometimes she starts a sentence, and I don't think she has any idea how it's going to end. It just winds around, yeah. turns. Mm-hmm. Waits to land. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not good for our relationship. It's not tolerated. They can't ever do it again. We'll shoot them down all day long. There's going to be retribution. That's what you want to hear your leader say. Yeah. I mean, if Biden wanted to hire somebody who made less sense than he did when he talks, he mission accomplished. That's true. Holy smokes, Daddy-O. The thing is, man, and I know for some people it'll sound kooky, whatever. It's concerning. Yeah. We are soft on China all the time. Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe the president's compromised. I mean, it's right out there for everyone to see. That's not a conspiracy. No, not at all. It was in the laptop. And again, it's not about his degenerate son. It's about him, his family's business dealings, his family getting rich, not just from China, Ukraine. It goes on. I know. We got to get the Nimrods. Roll it out. Roll it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. Oh, don't criticize China about, you know, COVID. Don't do that. Golly. Nimrods in the news. All right. Start here. Um, inmate in Bolivia. Jose Diaz, serving a 15-year sentence for murder. He goes by El Arana, which mm. means the spider. Yeah, Earlier good. this month, he was trying to escape, disguised not as a spider, but as a sheep. The dude actually wrapped himself in sheepskin, got down on all fours, and crawled past security. <laughs> it worked? Past a wall and out into the grassland that <laughs> surrounds the jail in the middle of the night. Holy cow! I don't know if these are the same guys that worked at Epstein's cell. I have no idea. <laughs> Man, he's an Avenger. Prison authorities didn't catch him until they noticed he was missing from his cell. They started searching for him. They said they saw a strange sheep in the grassland. Yeah. And then they nabbed him. He's back behind bars. You know how he got out, right? Because they, they started counting the sheep and the guards all fell asleep. <laughs> Duh. And that's Nimrods in the News. <laughs>